number 10 for Brendan Taylor. We're talking about Rivada, we're talking about how good he is. And there it is. It's 39th one day international hundred. The king gets his crown at the Atlanta. Go on, take it. Deep mid-wigan. Glenn Maxwell celebrates Rick Cole. He cannot believe it in the middle of the ground. Welcome to the Dean at Stumps podcast. Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket show with expert analysis by Dean Duplessis. Hello and welcome to the Dean at Stumps podcast with me, Dean Duplessis. Great to have you along again. And uh, we continue with our tour, Zimbabwe's tour of Pakistan. And uh, we are now going to be looking back at the third and final One Day International, which was played, which made history of its own, because it is only the second game that ended with Super Over. The first, obviously, being the uh, World Cup final game between England and New Zealand that was played in 2019. And then the second one now, Zimbabwe against Pakistan at the Rolpindi Stadium. So Zimbabwe making 278 for the loss of six wickets. Pakistan and also finished on 278 for nine. The super over was had, and it was Zimbabwe who got over the line. So, on uh, or with me on the podcast, it is a huge pleasure to welcome two former opening batsmen, actually. Ramiz Raja, former Pakistani opener, how are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. And, of course, then uh, former Zimbabwean opener, who's also part of the commentary team in Pakistan, Tina Moyo. How are you doing, Tina? How's it, Dean? Very well, thanks. And you? Well, well, thank you. Very well. Um, right. Let me actually start off with you, uh, Tino. This uh, obviously comes as a massive boost, this win, even though Zimbabwe obviously have lost a series. But it's not just the fact that they won't walk away empty-handed. It's those, those 10 points uh, in, in terms of the Super League that we've been talking about that is so important, isn't it? Absolutely right, Dean. Um Nice to eventually get over the line. It was uh, an absolute humdinger, of course. Um, uh, and I can remember towards the end of the game, lying on the couch, I had my feet up and and um, a couple of the people I'm working with in the box thought, you know, Zimbabwe's got this in the bag. And I said, as long as uh, Baba Razam is batting, I don't believe this game is done. So till we get that last wicket and the sooner we get Baba Razam, then I think maybe we can start to say we've got the game. I thought that was... A brilliant innings for him, um, and he's done it countless times for Pakistan. Unfortunately, this time, unfortunately for us, um, he couldn't quite get them over the line. Yeah, absolutely. But Ramiz, I have to say that innings uh, that Baba Azan played, the fluency. I, I was listening to you commentators here, uh, back at home, and uh, what, what mm. you every time that you described, uh, you know, shots, which which obviously the way that you actually put them into words is perfect for me as a blind listener. And what I heard on most occasions was Baba Azam playing it very late and playing it from under the eyes. That is right. You know, he's a sweet timer of the ball. Um, and his defense was extremely good because under pressure, when wickets have gone down, uh, when you're playing with uh, a youngish lot, it is so important for you to assess the situation and then to fall back on defense because when the pressure is on, that is your best bet. Uh, and from aggressive or aggression point of view and from being defensive, he was extremely uh, immaculate and, and almost perfect. But it's just that he, he didn't get Pakistan over the line and I was extremely surprised not to see him bat in the super over as well because he's just mm. uh, finished getting 100. And then, uh, you know, not to get featured in the super over was uh, a little surprising for me. 
So that obviously would have been his decision, I, I would imagine. But, um, I mean, it's it, uh, the way that he orchestrated the chase. Admittedly, Blessing Muzarabani got him out with a very good delivery, actually. Well bowled, short delivery, right at the ribs and uh, hit the glove. And uh, that was the end of a brilliant innings. But what impressed me a lot, Ramiz, was the ability for Baba Azam to still rotate strike and just to continue to score runs. Mm. You mm. often see batsmen get off to very good starts, but when wickets start falling, they tend to, you know, sort of stop batting aggressively themselves. Baba didn't do that. Yeah, it, it, and he does it quite effortlessly. So it, it gets you a 90 of uh, 100 balls in a, in a tough situation. Uh, and he's got this ability to take singles also. Uh, his power play uh, needs to improve improve just a little bit because he's not a big basher of the ball. He doesn't have to actually, no, you know. No. Uh, but in this lineup, uh, he needs to just go a notch up with his big striking because some of these uh, young guys are still pretty raw and they don't pick the right ball to hit at times. With Baba, uh, there's a shorty, there's class and you know that he'll be able to give you a, a decent rotation of strike almost every time that he walks out there. So in a tough situation, he could be a good template of how to uh, how to bat, and it's not only about playing dead, uh, dead uh, you know, with dead bat or or offering just nothing, uh, but he just milks the bowling and and gets you uh, singles as well. And, and, and Tino, I, I mean, it's, it's obviously it's wonderful that Zimbabwe were able to win this one day international. But do you still feel that there were areas where Zimbabwe were, uh, let's say, found wanting? I, I certainly discovered, or I thought to myself that at times the field placing was too relaxed; it was too defensive, which actually allowed the the, the new batsman batting with Babar Azam, even though he would only have made, for example, thirty or or whatever the case may be. He allowed Babar to to to, to to get the strike and then dictate terms. So perhaps maybe Zimbabwe is a little bit too relaxed in the field when going for the win? I'd, I, I wouldn't say that with regards to um, Babar Azam because, um, as you said, he was in total control from, from the time he walked into the crease. Um, and even when he did come in early, because Zimbabwe got a couple of early wickets, and while wickets were dropping, he was playing the ball so well, he was finding the gaps and getting boundaries. So... It, it was okay for them to to set the field back for him, give him one, and try and get him to the other side because he was he was getting the boundaries when when uh, the need was there. Um, I thought maybe a little bit towards the middle part of the innings, towards the end, um, definitely um, there could have been a little bit more pressure placed on the batsman coming in a couple of times. I think I mentioned when Mohammad Rizwan came into bat and the sweeper was back to the spinners. I think they had um, uh, mid off and long off back, uh, long on back. Sorry. So I, I would have maybe liked to have seen the long on in try and get him to play that shot because, you know, he's, he's a decent player. If you can get him out early, then, you know, you're making further inroads. So, yeah, with regards to Baba, not so much. Um, a little bit later on in the innings, with regards to newer guys coming into bat, I thought maybe a little bit more pressure could have been placed on them because the, the, we are now at a stage where Zimbabwe needed to get wickets. Yeah, and that, so that's a point I was alluding to. That I mean, obviously Baba was just playing beautifully, but I, I felt that the uh, his his partner often was uh, was just allowed too much leniency by getting the ball into the gaps and by rotating the strike. Even Wahab Riaz did it with consulate ease. Um, so, but anyway, Tino, and and what about the 
What about the effort by Sean Williams and Brendan Taylor for Zimbabwe to recover from 22 for three uh, to, well, it wasn't those two. I mean, there was a whole bunch of them, but I guess initially it was that partnership that, that sort of got the ball rolling because Zimbabwe could so easily have been, you know, bowled out for 120 or 130, even after that recovering partnership between Taylor and Williams. Absolutely. And I think um, after Zimbabwe lost a couple of early wickets, I'm pretty sure there were a couple of people who thought, well, you know, a couple of early wickets down, here we go again. But um, we've talked countless times throughout the series about the quality of, of the four guys, five guys in the middle order for Zimbabwe now. And um, we've come to expect that from them. And, and once again, and I, I, I reiterated this on air about Sean Williams and the manner in which he went about his innings in that last game, because he's a guy who scores quickly. Um, whether it's seamers on, whether it's spinners, in particular with the spinners, plays the reverse sweep well, comes down the wicket, plays the slot sweep. But he didn't do that in that instance because we had lost so many wickets so early. And he took his time, um, and only really towards the end of his innings and the team innings did he start to accelerate. So I, I thought that was very mature of him. Brendan Taylor went about his business as usual. I was disappointed how he got out. Yes. I just felt that if he could have held on a little bit longer... Batted another five overs. Zimbabwe could easily have got 300 at the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was just a magnificent partnership. And um, I just want to see the top order giving those guys a platform to work from. They've done so well throughout the series. A couple of hundreds for the Zimbabweans. Um, a few half centuries. But this is all coming from a place of, you know, early wickets having been lost in the innings. I would like to see a situation where they have a platform where they can come out and be as flamboyant as they can be from the beginning of their innings. So surely you would think that Tinashe Kamun, I mean, Ch- Chamu Chibaba, unless he's injured, will, will be playing because he's the captain. So do you think maybe someone a bit more expensive like Tinashe Kamunu Kamwe could now finally come into the side and replace Brian Chari at the top of the order? My understanding is that uh, he was actually first pick. Unfortunately, he had a blow to the wrist at one of the training sessions, and, and oh. so that's what he's struggling with. Um, whether he'll be fit enough to be uh, in the T20 series, I don't know. I know of a young Milton Shumba, opens the batting in under-19 cricket, has done particularly well. Of course, this is a level up, but he's in the squad, and, and I see no difference. Zimbabwe's been um, uh, wicket down in the first game after two runs, second game, 18 runs. First, uh, last game was naught for one. So, I mean, what difference is giving a youngster who's talented an opportunity at the top of the order going to make? It's going to make no difference to me anyway, because we haven't had an opening partnership for a very, very long time in one-day cricket. Well, what about uh, Wesley Madavere and Moulton Shumba, who opened the batting together at times for the under-19s opening the batting? <laughs> well, yeah. I've, and, and, I mean, the young Wesley has done a fantastic job in the middle order. I don't believe that he should be pushed up to open the batting quite yet, uh, maybe in years to come when he's got a little bit more experience. Um, I think international cricket and opening the batting um, is very different. And, and he's got a little technical hitch that I think he needs to work on. Good length delivery, swinging away from him. He stabs at the ball quite uh, often. Yeah. And uh, in the first game, nicked a couple that went through the slips when there wasn't one. Another one went wide of second slip. So I think that you would just be putting him in a bit of a bother if you make him open the batting at the moment, especially with the swing and the control and the pace that the Pakistan bowlers have got. I think Milton Shumba can probably handle that a little bit better. Um, and, and that's why I'm advocating for him to open the batting in the T20s. 
Well, Shumba means lion, Ramiz Raja. It is a lion in Shona. Okay. So uh, we're hoping for the, <laughs> the lion to roar. But Ramiz, there have been a few players that, from a Zimbabwe perspective that you've been pretty impressed with. I, I heard you actually even wanting or suggesting that um, Wesley Marevere, you, you are quite happy with this idea mm. of him opening the batting, aren't you? Uh, yes, I am. Because looking at the spread of talent, uh, and how they're shaped up against the new ball, there'll be no harm in introducing Wesley uh, to the cause. Because um, he's, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's active at the crease, he's got, uh, you know, decent sort of technique. And I like his attitude, he's got this positive intent. Uh, and whilst others are failing, there's no harm to put him up there in the playing 11. I, I quite enjoy his batting. And he's a very good player of the short ball as well. And Ramiz, I guess that's where on many occasions the rest of the cricketing world um, get, it, get it so wrong at times because th- that's exactly, for example, what, what a team like Pakistan or, or so would do. They would say, right, let's take the gamble. Mm-hmm. We've seen how this man played at under-19 level or whichever level and he impressed, you know, he got mm-hmm. runs consistently and if he does get out, so be it. But there's an opportunity for this young man to really mm-hmm. make a name for himself at the top of the order. So, so th- that's a big difference between Pakistan and almost the rest of the cricketing world is that mm-hmm. Pakistan aren't mm-hmm. afraid to take the gamble. The rest of us tend to kind of play it safe, don't we? Mm. Yeah, I mean, uh, you see, if you've got um, good talent at the uh, at, at those opening positions, I've got no problem in having him in the middle order. But when yeah. you're not spoiled for choice, when you're struggling, then you've got to pick whosoever has looked good and who generally opens the innings. I mean, as we all uh, know that he has opened uh, for Zimbabwe in the under-19 setup. Um, so I would push him there and, and he'll learn a great deal about batting skills as well because this is a top quality bowling attack. Uh, and so if you get a 50 against them, you know, then sky's the limit for you. You, you get that confidence, uh, and, uh, you know, translating into, uh, other matches, uh, and you feel great about yourself. You know that probably you've arrived and it can give you a, a lot of lift. So that's the other thing. When you're, uh, trying to look after a 20-year-old, you've got to make sure that, uh, you know, that talent is uh, is adhered to. Um, and I think he'll learn a great deal about batting, as I just mentioned. And Ramis, tell us a bit. Yes, yes, Tino. Sorry, just just before you go on to Ramis, I, I, I also wanted to mention that another route Zimbabwe can go, and, and Brendan Taylor's done this a lot yeah, um, yeah. before Hamilton sometimes opened the batting in T20 cricket. Another route is... Maybe if one of the openers drop out, then everybody moves one up. Brendan Taylor goes up to open the batting. And then you have um, uh, Craig at three. You have Sean at four. Um, you can have uh, Wesley at five. There's somebody who hasn't had an opportunity in the series in the one-day games who the last time he represented Zim in T20 cricket did extremely well. And that's Ryan Burl. Um, yes, he's just absolutely. not going to find a place in the one-day side at the moment because of how well that middle order has done. But I believe that that's another route we can go. Brendan Taylor up to open the batting with Chamu, and um, we can slide uh, 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 Ryan Bull into that number six position. Yeah, I like that idea very much. And uh, don't forget Ryan Bull had that success against Bangladesh early on in the year as well. I don't know whether you saw that innings, Ramiz, uh, where he took about 32 runs of Shakib Al-Hassan. Unbelievable. Uh, ball striking no, okay. by Ryan Bull. And, and I like that idea, Tino. I like that. So maybe get Brendan Taylor to open. And as you rightly say, then, uh, you know, I mean, there's that stability uh, of, of 
tail at the top of the order, but he can also express himself. Uh, because I, I actually find, believe it or not, that in T20 cricket, he almost needs a bit of time, and then he's able to to catch up for it. Whereas it seems to me he has a one-day, his 50-over game is, is slightly um, more technical than his T20 game in terms of what he, what he has to do or what he needs to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Rami, I want to talk a bit about the Pakistani bowling. My goodness me, we have been treated in these three one-day internationals to two young seamers taking, you know, getting fifers and bowling very, very quickly. I mean, it just amazes me at the at the abundance of fast bowlers that Pakistan are churning out. And, and this has been an ongoing thing from, obviously, from Waka and Wasim, and I'm sure even before Waka and Wasim, up to the present. How do you do that? <laughs> um, I think PSL has got a lot uh, uh, sort of uh, sort of uh, to be given credit for, um, say, Mohammad Aznan's uh, coming through the ranks situation because he was a no uh, nobody and uh, certainly he uh, uh, stepped up. Um, he was introduced at the PSL as a 17, 18 year old, and uh, in two three years, his uh, combined pace with good line and length stuff. Uh, and he's, he, he bowled impressively. He's got pace, he's got lift, he's about 6'1", six, 6'2". Six, mm-hmm. uh, and then, obviously, there's Shine Afidi and Harris Rauf. Um, the couple playing in the first-class setup that are as quick as Shine and uh, and Harris. Um, so, um, I think it's tradition. It's in the it's a culture, I guess. Um, and everyone wants to bowl quick, quickly in, in Pakistan, first-class setup or under-19s. Uh, and it's become a norm for us. Uh, every year you see a, a, a new rookie fast bowler come through the ranks. Uh, whilst they need a bit of training, it, it's not that they are uh, finished articles yet. But, you know, they have the basics um, to go um, and, and step up uh, to the next level. Uh, so, yes, I mean, I've been most impressed with Shine Shah, Freedy and Harris Rauf. Two very good finds in the last 12 months. And in terms of the T20 series coming up, do you feel that uh, Baba Azam will come up the order and be opening the batting? Does that uh, happen mm. occasionally? Yeah, he, he usually happen, um, opens for Pakistan uh, and he's got to take his good form through to T20 as well. Pakistan will feel, uh, should feel a, a couple of young players as well. Uh, and the recently concluded T20 tournament uh, was a big success in that regard. We saw a lot of uh, young players uh, play well with uh, with bat and ball, and a lot of 200 scores were also uh, scored in the tournament. So um, I, I think you'll see a different brand of cricket. And with PSL just around the corner, I think there'll be a few try, would be trying to impress uh, the selectors as well. Well, Tino, now from a Zimbabwe perspective, it'll be very interesting to see how Zimbabwe, you know, if they, if that win, that last win that they had in the, in the last one international, if that will now also give them the self-belief to, to now know that, you know, even if we're chasing 200, we can actually do it or whatever the case may be, but just to be a, a just to instill a bit more self-belief, or do you think it's going to take uh, a few more games and just a one to, to get the team really and truly believing that they can cross the line? I think um, um, the belief is there, Dean, uh, but I would like to agree with you and say that it does take a few fixtures like that and against different opposition to be able to, you know, really get that feeling of, listen, guys, 
we're at a level where actually we're not just competing, but we can actually beat teams um, at this level. I think it was uh, a massive boost for them, the manner in which they went about their game in that first one-day international. Unfortunately, um, didn't get across the line. And, and I feel that the Zimbabweans have, over the years, often got into positions where they should really be winning games, but just haven't learned how to do that yet. And, and once they learn to do that, they'll start to win a little bit more. That confidence will come, um, especially with this, with this victory in, in the last one-day international. So certainly, I think the belief is there, and they can see that, listen, guys, actually we can compete and we can win some games at, at international level. It'll take a few more games, as I say, against different opposition um, to really start to, to believe that and, and see the results of that. With regards to the T20, um, you know, T20 is a, is a hit and miss. Whatever happens on the day, um, happens on the day. But definitely lots of confidence for them going into this game. And, and I think also from, from the, the third one-day international is the fact that if you put runs on the board, they can see that we can defend those runs. So um, they, they batted really nicely in the first 30 I pulling, uh, uh, trying to chase that down. But also now they've seen that they can defend. And, and you'll know over the years that Zimbabwe is quite comfortable chasing. They've won more games chasing. And a lot of the time they want to know what's on the board um, and are happier to chase. So, yeah, good to see that, that the guys um, can bowl teams out or, or defend the total. And I, and I think that's important, especially going into the T20 format. Okay, and just finally, before I let you both go, uh, gentlemen, uh, serious predictions for this? Uh, do you think, Ramis, it could be a 3-0 sweep, or do you think it could also end 2-1 uh, just as a one-day is did? Um, I think it'll be, a, it'll be a, or should be an interesting series now that Zimbabwe won that last game. Because um, uh, the temperament was tested, the skills were tested, you know, it wasn't an easy game for them, and uh, and already they'd lost the series, yet they were able to um, to produce such a wonderful uh, display of cricket, uh, and I, I expect and hope that they carry this that momentum forward into the T Twenty series also, because um, I think they could survive well in a, a twenty twenty battle compared to a fifty over battle. Uh, Pakistan would be a touch nervous; they'd be introducing some young players, so um, Zimbabwe need to cash in um, and 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 make sure that those. Uh, young rookies are put under pressure. So I, I expect it to be a good series. I can't say 3 not, but Pakistan certainly start off as favourites. Yeah, yeah, they most certainly do. And Tino, what are we going to get from you? Dean, my prediction is that if Zimbabwe can manage to win the first T20, they'll win the series 2-1. If they lose the first game, 2-1 to Pakistan. Okay, right. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute joy and pleasure being with both of you. Thank you so much for doing an outstanding job in uh, keeping us informed. And, and honestly, a commentary team like that is a pleasure to listen to. Former, <laughs> former Pakistan opening batsman Ramiz Raja, now commentator. Thank you very much, Ramiz. It's been wonderful chatting thank with you. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And then uh, Tina Moyo, of course, uh, well-known here in Zimbabwe, former opener as well, who scored 163 not out. Uh, back in 2011 in a test match when Ramis and I were at the crease. We were actually commentating together <laughs> through periods of that game. <laughs> Thank Brilliant. you, gentlemen. All the very best. All right. Take Th care. Thank, Thank you, gentlemen. You. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye. You, you've been listening to the Lee Nuts Stumps podcast, and uh, we'll be back again with uh, another episode. But until then, it's stay safe and goodbye. You've been listening to Dean at Stumps. Zimbabwe's only weekly cricket podcast.